Welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. We interview people who have dealt with the trickiest of health challenges, but eventually learn to get well and stay well naturally. Now it's time to hear from one of our detectives and learn how another health issue has been solved. We hope you enjoy the show. What is going on, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. Tonight, we are talking all about the things that you can do to instantly make your sleep better, and this is coming from someone who actually had real sleep issues. Have I ever stayed up for days at a time? No, I have not. However, actually, how, what is the longest I've ever stayed up? I think this was intentional, though. This was like as a kid when you think this is somehow a good idea. Now as an adult, this is... I cannot imagine the list of things that I would rather do than stay up for more than 24 hours. I think I made it to like 32 or 33 one time. Yikes. Anyway, with that said, I actually had real sleep issues. I was someone that no matter how hard I tried, I wouldn't be able to fall asleep until 2, 3, 4, even 5 in the morning. And this was the case for me from a very young age and lasted all the way up until I was almost like 20, 21. Then I learned about FDN and the things that they taught there. And despite having all these other seemingly positive health habits in my life. I was eating very high quality food. Um, I was doing a lot of exercise, all these things that again, seem great. I was staying up till one, two, three in the morning. I actually, when I got into intermittent fasting, I'll, I'll show you guys how much I learned and how far I've come with this, right? It's like, it's a journey, man. It's not just overnight that this stuff happens, no pun intended. When I started intermittent fasting like five and a half years ago, my eating schedule was 4 p.m. till 12 a.m. AM. That was my eight hour eating window. And then I'd go to bed at like one or two. Absolutely ridiculous and quite stupid, quite uninformed looking back. <laughs> With that said, first, what you can do is you can catch sunrise every single day. And I know that we've mentioned that on the show before in a different context, but sunrise every single day is wonderful for being able to get to sleep at night. It's actually the thing that's going to set your circadian rhythm. The light between sunrise and around 10 a.m. is the most important. This becomes more true the closer that you are to sunrise. No, getting the first light of the day at 9 a.m. is not a good idea in my opinion. It's just a last resort. What you should always do is get out as close to sunrise as possible. If you just dedicate yourself to doing that for 20 to 30 days, do it with bare eyes. We don't want contacts. We don't want sunglasses. We don't want prescription glasses. Try to stay out for around 30 minutes. I guarantee you will notice a difference in your sleep. I have had people that were stuck 12, 1, 2 in the morning. They would do every single habit that I asked of them, but they couldn't change the sleep. And they weren't being lazy. They're just like, Ev, it's not working. Well, of course it's not working. You have a circadian rhythm. It's something that's trying to get you to do things at certain times during the day. And so we have to learn how to manipulate that to our benefit. And one of the easiest ways is to catch sunrise. You got to be consistent, but it doesn't take months. It's not one of those things where, hey, if you just give me 90 days or 120 days, that's when you'll feel the first sliver of difference. No, you'll feel something pretty quickly, but you'll really notice it from what I've seen, even in really tricky cases, at that 20 to 30 day mark. So number one, catch sunrise every single day. Number two is blocking the blue light at night. Oh my goodness, people are so resistant to this, even in the functional space. I can't believe it. We know the science on this. It's not even bad science. It's very clear. Most of it's clearer than the nutritional research we have out there. 
because nutritional research is tough. We talked about this in a previous episode. Most of it is like observational epidemiology, which is basically the breeding ground for correlation is causation type of thing, which any good scientist knows correlation is not necessarily causation at all. So most of the studies with the light stuff are actually way better than those with nutrition, and yet somehow this does not get brought up. Now, the way that we can block blue light just to make it a little more convenient for us is one, we definitely want to filter our screens. And so an easy way to do that, go to YouTube and type in Matt Maruka. That's M-A-R-U-C-A, Matt Maruka, and type in like Matt Maruka red light. And what he's going to do, well, actually, sorry, Matt Maruka red light phone. And what it's going to do is basically show you guys how to put a filter on your phone that's more of a red. Now, is this going to be optimal or even perfect for sleep? No. Is it going to greatly help? Yes. On your computer screen, what you're going to do is what I have up right now. I absolutely love this program. It's called Iris, and Iris is a little more effective than F.Lux. And F.Lux is great. It's free, but it does have its... It's not as good. Um, it's not quite as strong. Iris does cost, it's like $14 for lifetime access and or like $1.99 a month. You can do whatever, right? It's very cheap. And what they're going to do is a lot higher quality um, setting for the nighttime stuff. I can barely, I'm like, I have my blue light glasses on and I'm going back and forth and I can barely tell the difference with it. There is one, but um, it's very minimal. So that's very nice. That's Iris, I-R-I-S. I think it's iristech.co. I'll drop some of these links in the show notes just so you guys know. I don't want to make you search all of this stuff because I'm going to drop quite a few things. So you want to put that on the screen. And then you don't want to be exposing yourself elsewhere to artificial light unnecessarily. Because the problem is the same thing that it's a receptor called melanopsin. It's found in the intrinsically photosensitive retinal ganglion cells. Add that to the list of things that you didn't need to know um, within the eye. And melanopsin is what receives blue light and sends it to the SCN, which is the suprachiasmatic nucleus. And that basically acts as this clock in the hypothalamus. And that tells your body to wake up. It sends all these signals. It's not a great thing when we're using it incorrectly. The problem is we discovered, I think it was 2017, that melanopsin actually is found on our skin. So Ev, does that mean if I expose my body and skin to artificial light, it sends a signal to my suprachiasmatic nucleus that I need to be awake? Depending on the type of light, that's exactly what it does. And I'm not trying to fear monger or create paranoia, but we do need to be aware of this. If you're someone who's chronically ill and you really want to get better or you have terrible sleep issues, you got to know this stuff. You're telling your body to stay awake. Of course you can't sleep. And how we can do this then, so you still have some light in your house. <laughs> um, really easy on Amazon. You can go on and type in amber reading light, amber book light. Most of those are not perfect, but again, it's a huge step up from the other things out there. And you can actually use this kind of as a light in your room. I enjoy doing that. It's personally something that I do. And then you also have a cool reading light. And I think it's only six minutes of reading reduces stress levels by, you know, I'm not going to cite something or try to cite something offhand that I don't remember, but it's a significant amount. It's like over 20% uh, in stress reduction from just reading for six minutes. So that'd be kind of like a double win by doing that. And that's actually one of my tips too, is read before bed. <laughs> so I'll skip that because now you guys already know it. Other thing that you can do 
is you can actually buy special red bulbs and you're going to want to buy blue light blocking glasses as well. The reason you're going to want to do that is because that part of the light spectrum does not seem to affect melatonin in a meaningful enough way to not justify using the light before bed. If you really want to take this next level, man, break out the candle, you know, do your thing. That's fine. And it's kind of interesting from an evolutionary uh, perspective because we don't really respond to red light too much in terms of sleep. And we, if we evolved with fires, well, if we had a fire at night, guess what that mostly is? It's mostly red light and I believe near infrared light as well. Kind of interesting. There was a study done at a university of Toronto that showed that people who wore blue light blocking glasses, I think it was actually goggles in that study, had the same melatonin production even in a super well lit room as did the person who was just near a dimly lit table lamp uh, right before bed. Now, what they did not know in both of these groups at the time that that study was done is that melanopsin existed on the skin. So yes, you have this one person that's having the same melatonin uh, output as the person that's at that dim reading lamp, but that's with being exposed to super, super strong lights on their skin. Now, what happens if that person kind of takes both things into account? You know what I mean? Something to think about. So we have sunrise, we have blocking the blue light using iris on our computer, maybe using an amber reading lamp, maybe using a red light bulb, maybe using blue light blocking glasses. You can get pretty much all of that stuff from blueblocks.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. I'll have that in the show notes. I also threw in my quick tip of reading before bed. I think there is, I mean, well, there is studies showing that it uh, causes a reduction of stress, which of course can calm the mind. But I think it's pretty self-evident to anyone who's ever tried. I mean, you'll fall asleep almost reading the book. It's a great way to go to bed. Another thing that we can do is to stop eating a few hours before we go to bed. Guys, digestion is one of the most taxing processes the body goes through every single day. It is not a low energy thing. It's actually kind of funny because you should look up how many calories digestion in and of itself uses. <laughs> we end up using a bunch of calories to digest the large amount of food that we ate. Kind of funny how that ends up working out, right? Now, I'm not saying don't eat all your food. You need to do that, but it's just weird to me how we have to eat all this food, and the more that we eat, the more food we kind of needed to support that digestive function. Just interesting to think about. The reason you want to stop then a few hours before bed is because your body goes into this process of trying to assimilate the nutrients from this food. When we give it a few hours to kind of chill out and process what we already have, then we actually allow ourselves to sleep even better. I find that I don't like to eat after dark. And people think that's pretty extreme, especially in winter. They're like, oh, you're not going to eat past 5 o'clock? Generally speaking, no, I don't. I don't understand how I would have been out in the wild hunting or gathering at 8 p.m. when it had been dark for three hours and it's like 15, 20 degrees outside. I don't understand that. I'm not a PhD. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't understand how that would make any sense. And so I try to get all my caloric needs within daylight. Also, like actually exposing myself to that daylight when it's present because that helps us. Well, what that does is really trigger your body into letting it know what time of day it is. And of course, the body is expecting to eat food during the day. So you'll have much better um, digestive function. And that is backed up by science. So be careful with that. 
The other thing I would say is, and this is such a small tip, but it sounds funny, but it actually helps me a lot, is to have something with like white noise. I do not mean your TV. Definitely don't have that because you want your room pitch black to block block, sorry, uh, that artificial light. But the white noise seems to be almost, um, it's like a magic bullet for me, man. It is something that just, even when I'm traveling, if I can get a little fan going, that is what will keep me asleep. It doesn't necessarily seem to help me fall asleep, but it is this thing that keeps me asleep. And if, gosh forbid, I forget to turn off, um, or turn on, rather, my small little fan before I go to bed, almost like clockwork, I will wake up in the middle of the night, and it happens all the time. So I like to have that on because it helps me a lot. So those are all the things that you can do pretty quickly. And they won't take too long. Maybe you have to order something. That's about it. If you want to take it a little more advanced, that's when you get into the stuff that we offer at FDN Thrive. Because the lab testing can give a lot of insight into why you might have sleep issues. For example, on every client that comes through FDN Thrive, we always run five labs. And this is because this helps us check all the boxes, dot all the I's, and cross all of the T's. One of the things that might come up for a basic example is on the hormone test. We might see high cortisol at night and cortisol and melatonin, I'm not speaking so literally here, but they don't like each other. When cortisol is high, melatonin is low. When melatonin is high, you should find that cortisol is low. Another quick thing, because this just reminded me, not that you need our testing for this by any means, but you could buy yourself a glucometer, and that's something that measures blood glucose. If your blood glucose is all over the place, yes, you are most likely going to have sleep issues, and you're most likely going to wake up in the middle of the night pretty suddenly, might have trouble getting to bed. At the worst, you might be craving food in the middle of the night. That is practically a guarantee that you have glucose issues. So glucometer can be bought. It's funny to me how many people don't know about this and it's so cheap because diabetics have this guys so you can get it one really easily just go to your local like uh not convenience store but like a drugstore and go to their pharmacy department and usually right on the front there you don't even have to talk to the pharmacist you can buy everything you need for a glucometer for 30 to 40 bucks and test your blood sugar really great thing to do really great marker of overall health anyway especially when you test it fasted in the morning not medical advice, but worth checking out. Other things that we find on the test uh, tests that can really affect people's sleep are gut bugs. When we have a bunch of fun little critters running around in our gut, they don't always care about our sleep, believe it or not. They're not that kind. And many of the gut bugs actually will be a little more active at night, so to speak. And that is certainly something that can keep us up at night. We actually can find sometimes correlations between this and the hormone test where you'll see spiked cortisol and we'll ask like, well, hey, are you doing something stressful uh, stressful before bed? Are you fighting with someone? Is anything going on? And they're like, no, I feel totally fine for the most part. It can be sometimes internal that's causing something like that. And that brings me to my next point when we're talking about food sensitivities. If we're reacting to a food and we're eating that food late, even sometimes not so late can still have an issue or an impact. Yes, that can affect our sleep as well. So of course we check with that. I could keep going on on the million examples, but if you've done all of the stuff that I've talked about in this podcast already, the quick tips, and it's still not working, that is Definitely when you qualify for something like FDN Thrive, where we can kind of dive deeper and really help you become your own detective into figuring out what it might be that's causing you these unresolved uh, sleep issues. Just in summary, real quick, we need to catch sunrise every day. 
We need to block the blue light at night. We want to give reading a try. What a thought. I know that I probably don't have to say that in that way to this group here. I, I would assume most of you guys are readers and you are wonderful for that. But so many people still don't read. They get forced to read in school. Now they're not forced anymore. They're never, uh, they will never read a damn book again. <laughs> kind of sad. So definitely do that. Try to stop eating a few hours before bed. And if you really want to go to the next level with this and you can still meet your caloric needs, then stop eating after it gets dark. And I promise you, you will sleep like a rock on that one. Get a glucometer. Check out if your blood sugar is all over the place. And if all else fails, you know where to find us, www.fdnthrive.com. And we can help you become your own detective and kind of get to the bottom of things with your sleep issues or other health concern if this stuff does not work in the way that you want it. That is all for tonight. We'll be back soon with another interview. Thanks so much for listening. And if you guys like the information that we're sharing, please be so kind as to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. And I say that whispering because the podcast host, which is me, didn't realize that Spotify took ratings till recently, and I've never asked for those. So before I get fired, if you like Detective Ev, please go leave us a five-star review over there. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Health Detective Podcast. If you are ready to finally work with a real health detective on your health journey so that you can get well and stay well naturally, visit us at fdmthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button. 